never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there Welcome back to church. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the latest episode of Preacher. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Really? Uh, all right, I will. Schwanzkopf? Nice. Yeah? Did yeah. I do it or are you German? I have no idea. Oh, well, you're a total Schwanzkopf then. So. Hey, you're a Schwanzkopf. Hey, shut up. You don't even know what it means. Dickhead. <laughs> is that what it means? Yeah, that actually means dickhead. Oh, well, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this show is gross. Because uh, he, he can't wear hats now, so he's a dickhead. Exactly. Yes. Well, you're jumping ahead, though. Let's give a little bit of a recap before we uh-huh. get into it. So a lot of stuff been going on this season. The big things that you probably need to know is that Jesse Custer has been captured by the Grail. They are trying to steal Genesis, the being that lives inside of him that uh, allows him him to command men's minds. Uh, he has been tussling it up with Hare Star, who's one of the leaders of the Growl, and the Allfather, who's the actual leader of the Growl, and wants a total idiot named Humperdue to become the bearer of Genesis. Now, meanwhile, uh, Cassidy, who is a vampire and a friend of Jesse's, has been hanging out in New Orleans. He found out some bad stuff about his good friend, the Lestat dude, who definitely yeah. has a name, but I'm not going to figure out what it is, uh, who is killing vampires in order to gain greater powers. Um, so that was a bad thing that happened to Cassidy last episode, uh, and more on that in a moment. Meanwhile, Tulip went on a mission to Osaka, came back, and is now being taken uh, on a bus to hell. Yeah, she's dressed up as one of the members of the Grail. Yes. Uh, so she's being taken to hell along... Actually, sorry, at the beginning of the episode, Featherstone is being taken to hell along with uh, Hitler, the actual Hitler, and Eugene, a.k.a. Arsface. Uh, meanwhile, Tulip has to go after them because uh, Tulip knows that Featherstone has a bunch of souls that they have to give to Grandma, the lady who lives and works out of Angelville, who has Jesse, excuse me, Jesse in her thrall. Yeah. Uh, so I think that gives us a recap. You want to start with the Jesse stuff? Sure. All right. So Jesse is captured. He's being held there by the Allfather. Uh, and the short version of it is he manages to kill the Allfather, but the way that he manages to kill the Allfather is by tricking him into taking on Genesis, and the Allfather explodes right. in maybe the most disgusting thing that's ever happened on the show. <laughs> and last week, and that's saying a lot because there have been really a lot. Last of week, they legitimately made several dudes explode, and mm-hmm. this was somehow worse. Yeah, it was a lot worse. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Jesse kind of playing on his belief in religion and wants to be able to kind of uh, kneel and die as a Christian, as he says. So, of course, he can't say no to that. So, yeah. And Jesse was able to give him Genesis, which then made him explode, which was a fun, fun explosion. Oh, my God. So disgusting. Your guts, intestines, absolutely everywhere. Uh, Hair Star ends up talking to him and says, this is great. Now we can move forward with my plan. Yeah. At which point... It gets grosser, Pete. Yep. I don't know how to tell you this, but it because, gets even more disgusting. Because just the only part that isn't completely blown away is 
uh, the All Father's anus. Oh, and Jesus. you see the soul slowly slide out of yeah, the so anus. The All Father has had a piece of Jesse's soul, which is what Jesse is trying to get back. Uh, he stuck it up his ass. I, uh, is this For the fir- a reason I don't know? It's not like they're in prison. Is, like, this, is this the first time we've seen an anus on television, I think? Just an anus, maybe. <laughs> Just a Yeah, I'm disemboweled. not talking about the cast of the Big Bang Theory, Pete. Oh, Woo. come on, man. Woo. Come on, man. Nah, that was pretty mean. Yeah, uh, was. But yeah, that was, that was hilariously, horribly, horribly gross. Also, and then there was that fun music choice where they're kind of like rustling around in the All-Father's guts. Uh, again, I, I know we keep talking about... Uh, how big and gross this show is. There's been a lot of ridiculous fights in the show, but Hairstar and Jesse joy to the world, slipping and fighting to joy to the world as they try to get a soul that's fallen out of a severed anus is (laughs) one of the more insane things that I've seen. How did that feel just to say out loud? Uh, great. Yeah. It felt really good. How did it feel to say the word severed anus? <laughs> I'm surprisingly freeing. I gotta be honest with you. I wish I could work it into regular conversation. Uh, yeah. So Jesse does manage to get his soul, swallows it, which uh, again, I want to mention it was, the soul was inside of a severed anus. Yeah, and he then, didn't even have pause. And then that. Jesse just even, ate it. Yeah. Which is pretty gross. Yeah, uh, but he gets his soul back, which means he gets Genesis back. Now, I thought this was interesting. We've speculated on this a little bit whether Jesse is going through a little bit of Spider-Man Two disease, where he is being held back from using Genesis because he is unsure of himself. Turns out it wasn't that; it was no, just a soul. Just, it was just he needed a soul. Yeah, because the Genesis needs the proper mixture of badass evil dude and also good guy. Yeah. Because that's, have we, uh, you and I have read the comics. Yeah. Justin, uh, who is off this week, has not read the comics. Because he had a baby. He had a baby. Uh, but we could talk about this. Uh, they've talked about it on the show that Genesis is half yeah. demon, half angel, right? Yep. Okay. I sometimes forget what has been referred to in the comic and what's preferred to on the show. No, they've talked about um, it. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that explains why, to your point, somebody like Jesse is able to hold and control control Genesis. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he gets Genesis back and immediately tells her star on your knees, gets him on his knees. Uh, and then Jesse suddenly realizes what is he going to do now? Mm-hmm. You know, what is next for him? And he decides that he's going to kill Humperdoo. Uh, Not just kill Humperdoo, but set Humperdoo's. What? Free on the world. Well, hold on. We'll get there. Because first he decides that he's just going to kill Humperdue. He grabs a gun and he's going to murder him. Right. But then he can't do it. Right. Hairstar mentions to him, though, he says, you're not a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not that type of murderer, which a uh, great line, a really yeah. fun moment because they are. Uh, w- here's what I appreciated about that. There are so many superhero and comic book based shows that uh, constantly like you can't kill people and then proceed to beat the shit out of absolutely everybody and do everything but murder people. Mm -hmm. And then are like, we don't cross a line. But here, this was a fun riff on it. Like the idea that Hairstar is like, no, you're not a murderer. You wouldn't do that while they're standing in a pile of guts (laughs) from a man that Jesse has just murdered. I love the fact that they recognize that, that they winked at that moment. Plus, Humperdue is kind of this idiot, innocent, 
where it's like, you know, he, it's not his fault for yeah, all this shit. You exactly. Know? And, and that's what Jesse realizes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you tie it back to the fake speech that he gave to the Allfather, there's a level of Jesse that actually believes that. Yep. I think. And mm-hmm. that's something that ties back to the first season when we first met him, that he's been wrestling with the fact that he feels like and kind of is a fake preacher. Yeah. But at his base, he does want something to believe in. He does want to believe in a higher power, and he does want to believe in order and rules to the universe. That's why it makes him so angry when he finds out God has left and what why he's so wants to chase him down and ask him, well, how could you leave us? How could you just do that? You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he does go in and as you said, he decides not to kill Humperdew. Instead, he decides to free Humperdew. And in fact, Humperdew and all the clones, all the clones, let them loose. Uh, which man, was hysterical. that goes horribly wrong almost immediately because <laughs> yeah, they, immediately. Wa- they walk directly into traffic. <laughs> uh, there was a level of, I thought all of them were going to die. Oh, I'm sure they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. So that uh, we should mention uh, one thing that gets uh, woven through this episode is a lot of animated and jokey sequences. Mm-hmm. Hairstar explains what the Grail's plan is and why Jesse should work with him by doing almost like a 50s yeah. end of the world type film with some animations over it. Um, but it did make me wonder that part and then the Humperdews going out. What do the rest of the people of the world think about what's going on? Yeah, but it's not like you could point a camera and say, look at all the messiahs. Nobody knows that that's who Humperdue is. Absolutely. But there's clones. Hundreds of clones who just wandered out of a building. Previously, Tom Cruise exploded. (laughs) Stuff like that seems to be happening all the time. Or like there's mass slaughter and murders that happen at a pretty regular pace. Like a lot of it is happening on the fringes, but more and more it's becoming public. Um, I I don't know if they're ever going to deal with that on the show. Like they don't really deal with it in the comics at all. Uh, But I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. If you were I mean, we that, had Hitler running around. Nobody, he worked at a Subway sandwich shop. Nobody. Well, his name was Helter, so, you know, it was totally fine. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he actually used to do that back in Germany. The real Hilt, Hilt, Hitler is he'd go out as Hilter and people would be like, are you Adolf Hitler? And he'd say, nope, my name's Adolf Hilter. And they'd say, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if that happened. What do you think the coolest thing about Hitler is? Pete? There is no cool thing about <laughs> yeah. Hitler. Yeah, that's 100%. Not accurate. even the mustache is cool. All right, well, why don't we move to the next plot line, or rather, just to wrap that up, uh, Jesse then leaves, lights a cigarette, and heads towards Angelville to settle things with Grandma. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, going over to Hitler, they're waiting at a bus stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Featherstone is there. They're about to be taken on the bus to hell. Featherstone singing away. Yep. Uh, and then Tulip comes up and messes up royally. Oh, Tulip had it. She had it. She just had to keep her mouth shut and keep walking and everything would have been fine. But no, she's got to turn back around and push her luck. I didn't believe in the O'Hare curse until this episode. Until yeah. I was like, oh, here's why it's a curse. Because she can't keep her mouth shut. And walk away from something when she's ahead. Yeah. So she does turn back, and then Eugene is like, oh, hey, Tulip. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah. Hey, good to see you. face ruined it. Yeah. And uh, Tulip then ends up on the bus. Featherstone ends up with Jody. Uh, and, and then she's like, peace out, Jody. 
Hairstar needs me. Yeah. Well, she loves Hairstar, so that's understandable. And also, we got to get Jody back to Angelville so that he can mix it up with TC and be there for the final confrontation. So I get all of those plot moves. Uh, But let's go back to the bus. So on the bus, Tulip is there with the Saint of Killers, the Angel of Death, uh, Eugene and Hitler. Uh, And very quickly, Tulip is like, nope, we're getting out of here. We're absolutely getting out of here. Even though Hitler is like, don't worry, my people are on the way. The SS is on the way. They're going to free me. And we think what he's talking about, the SS, we think that he's talking about uh, the folks that he met back when he was working at the pseudo subway. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Right. Find out later, that's not exactly what he meant at all. Uh, But Tulip ends up going through a bunch of different plans to try to free them. None of them quite work. I love the whole plans about the... She's all excited to drop the chains onto, you know, the rotating part of the the axle uh, uh, on the car and, like, how that's going to get caught. It was just so funny how that fell apart. Yeah, all of them fall apart in a great way. And uh, it's great... We talked about this a last podcast, I think, but it's great to see more from both Eugene and Hitler, seeing them together, seeing their new dynamic now that Eugene knows Hitler is bad and Hitler is being Hitler instead of trying to be pretending to be nice Hitler, seeing them mix it up with Tulip, seeing this whole gang together. It's so much fun. Also really loved Angel of Death in this episode. Yeah. Like she was like, hey, how's your back? (laughs) <laughs> to the state of killers after he got like torn to shreds. His yeah. back was like whipped up. That yeah, was a really she's funny great. Moment. What they're doing to her voice sound wise is really creepy and interesting. Um, I like her a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she could play a Terminator in a Terminator yeah. movie. So let me ask you about the Saint of Killers. Okay. So the Saint of Killers, the entire episode seems to be on to Tulip and what she's doing. Certainly they're not being very hidden about it. They're in a tiny bus and they're like three seats back getting away with their escape plans and stuff. Does the Saint of Killers just not care, or what? What is going yeah, on? Yeah, it's with weird him? because it's like at first you think, oh, he's going to bust Tulip, and then he just like walks right past her and sits down. It seems like he, yeah, he doesn't want to go back to hell, so he's okay with Tulip trying to stop it. Uh, or does he just know that if they do actually escape, he'll just walk after them and grab them again, and then go back? I don't know. It's yeah. it's weird because it's like. He's. It seems like he cares, but then he doesn't. But then the angel of death uh, makes the mistake of telling the saint of killers, yeah, God's gone. There are no rules, which sends him off into a fucking craze of flashbacks. And I'm like, dude, yeah. don't tell the minion that you have working on your team, hey, there are no rules. Because I'm surprised immediately the saint of killers didn't snap her neck and then fucking... Turn that fucking bus yeah, right around. Uh, what I think is going on with the Sage of Killers and Tulip is he's not a bad guy. Like, he's right. a bad guy in terms of the show, but he always had a code. He always was, like, the righteous, gruff, Clint yeah, Eastwood type cowboy. his family, uh, you know, died and, and, you know, sent him on this tear of Yeah, horror. exactly. Yeah. And I think him finding out that Tulip is alive, finding out that Eugene is alive... Um, is certainly giving him pause right now. Mm -hmm. But then as they are about to escape, Tulip puts a plan into action where she manages to crack a window. Yeah. I like Hitler smashes through the window and gets ready to escape. At which point the actual SS is taxed complete with a tank and everything else. 
uh, and everybody flies by cartoon opera style. Uh, what'd you think about that shot? That was pretty weird. It was crazy. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I was also like, holy shit, uh, that's real Nazis, which, uh, you know, I know you, tough you to do see not like right Nazis. Now. You're no, not I, a big fan. I don't like Nazis. <laughs> I don't like seeing Nazis. Yeah, so it's not it's not enjoyable. Yeah, I don't think you're going to like next episode then. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, so that's where we end with Tulip, is they're surrounded by Nazis on the road to hell. Um, I'm curious where and when right now they actually are, because yeah. that seems a little unclear to me. Yeah, are they at, even on Earth still? I don't think so. Yeah. But if anything, they're in purgatory. So, yeah. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and then jumping back to Cassidy. Cassidy is in New Orleans oh, with his whole vi- vampire gang. He's pretty upset about everything that's going on. He tries to fight back, of course. Lestat dude is much, much stronger than him. Dude, that whole part was like... I, I've seen it done so many times, but it's still so funny because Cassidy is so hilarious. Oh, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? Yes. Like, so so uh, he, Cassidy line. escapes uh, or tries to escape. He wanders into the middle of the crowd of vampires who have already been turned against him. Uh, and as you mentioned, yeah, I, I think it's Joseph Gilgan's delivery on something like that that gets the he's standing right behind me joke to still hit so well. Yeah. He's so good. He's so he's funny. He's so amazing. There's that little stuff where he's like staked against the wall and he's talking to the mom. It's just so great and so rich. You've always been so nice to me. It was just like... There's a lot of his dialogue. I'm sure they do actually write it, but Mm -hmm. it just feels like it's so motor mouth. Like he's saying three to four sentences in the space of one sentence. And that's what makes it work yeah is it feels very riffy it feels very casual and offhand and it's so much fun so they do capture him uh they do end up fighting uh and they decide to stake him up to the wall and reveal him to the sunlight except they place him wrong in the room <laughs> so the sun is across the room it's so. like yeah the great light was like oh that's embarrassing for you guys then they're like oh we'll just leave him the sun will come to him yeah, which slow torture. That's always a bad plan. Yeah, I mean, never just let you know. No, yeah, just take care of the guy. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say though, like, I would be, I would be interested if someone could prove me wrong on this. Like, I think casting that actor as Cassidy is the best, like, comic to real life casting of all time. Really, like I. Who is is a better casting than that? Robert Downey Jr. No, well, mm-hmm. it's he's amazing and he's perfect for it. But you're saying Joseph Gilgan is like Cassidy come to life. It really is. He's very good. He's, it's, I mean, Iron Man is such a like huge thing that I feel like other people could make different choices with it. I think Robert Downey Jr. was the greatest choice, uh, but I, I could I, also see somebody else doing it. You know what it possibly is with Robert Downey Jr., not to go too much off on that tangent? I think now Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr., right. that he was a perfect casting choice for that, but that ultimately his role, his portrayal of the role was so iconic, you now can't think of Iron Man without Robert Downey Jr. But I do think you're right that Joseph Gilgan is Cassidy walked off the page and come to life. Yeah. He's fantastic. I cannot believe how great it was that I mean, that to me is worth 
the show being made alone. That's yeah. You know. And I don't mind you. I think Dominic Cooper is good. I think Ruth Nega is good. They're yeah. both really good. Uh, all of the casting across the board has been very true to so the comic enjoyable. and a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Joseph Gilgan is great. So anything else you want to talk about with this episode? Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I can't wait for more Cassidy and it'll be great to see what happens. But what are your predictions at this point for the season finale? We kind of, and possible series finale. So much stuff happens in this episode, but we're still kind of left hanging at the, at the end of the episode. So it was, a. I was like, no, when the show ended, I was like, don't leave it there. I can't wait a whole week. Yeah, I really do wonder what's going to happen at this point. You know, not this is not to sound all doom and gloom at all, but usually by this point, AMC has renewed shows. In fact, they usually do it pretty early in the season. Um, I still feel confident they're going to pick it up for a season four. Oh, I hope so. But if not, we're certainly headed towards an epic confrontation at the end of the season uh, with Jesse headed to Angelville, Cassidy dealing with the vampire stuff, Tulip on her way to hell and dealing with Nazis. I'm most curious to see if all of this is going to come together in any way and uh, crash together, if we're going to see our three main characters back together at the end of the season. Oh, you got to, right? Yeah, I don't know how. They're so far apart at yeah. this point. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff to wrap up in this final hour. We'll have to see, and we'll see you there. If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft in New York. Please come on by. We'll chat with you about Preacher. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Find us on Facebook so you get to know the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live or at Men Preacher, our dedicated Preacher Twitter account. Also, to mention, uh, these have been running a little late and a little short, but we will aim to be more on time with the season finale episode, so please Stay tuned for that. Uh, check out comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more, and we'll see you at church.